Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Big D here with you as we are every week. We want to thank everybody so much for coming in and listening to our little program. We're the little podcast that could. We got big numbers this last week, and it's not anything that we're doing. It's just uh, we, your kind uh, kindness of logging in, checking us out, and, and sending great emails. We really appreciate all the feedback we're getting. We got a big show this week. We want to get right into it, but first of all, we need to go around and introduce everybody, and back from the great white north, cheering on all of our Olympic hopefuls as the uh, Big Joe. Yes, it's uh, good to be back, and uh, as always, Winter Olympic greetings and salutations from the man cave in the city of destiny and of course as always oh, double uh, d's Tacoma, here washington in case you were wondering <laughs> double d's here yeah it's a pleasure to be here what do you what do they do at the olympics uh, well they uh they have brooms and other tools that they use in some sports up there you might be interested in that the brooms they yeah. use sticks stones sticks, rocks, rocks, brooms skis yes it's just an all-out uh, battle uh, all across the board but also we have squeeze in the house and wonder boy they're back there running the sound and the electronics and well we, frankly we couldn't do it without them so we appreciate them so very much but our we could do it without them but there'd be no sound yeah <laughs> <laughs> We could sit here and talk. Yeah. <laughs> and no one would ever hear it. You wouldn't hear us. Well, they might like that better, though. So <laughs> yeah, we'll have to try right. that sometime. That's, that's the, an improvement. The silent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our first guest today is, man, an amazing talent. I'm constantly amazed, seriously, the level of talent that we have right here in the South Sound, in the Pacific Northwest. We hear all about Seattle all the time, and they get all the press and everything. But right here in Tacoma, Puyallup, Olympia, all around this area, we have got some big talent. And nobody right now, I think, is any bigger than the little dynamo, Vicky Martinez. And we caught up with her. She was very nice. She's a very busy gal. She does lots of touring. And she stopped in. We had a nice conversation with her. Here's Vicky Martinez. All right. We're in the studio today with Vicky Martinez. Vicky, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you in uh, on the program with us today. As we're out and about, you know, we're talking to people. We get a lot of emails and um, people come up to us and say, hey, aren't you guys, aren't you the guys from the zone? And we get a lot of suggestions. A lot of people, have you tried this person on? Have you gotten this person? Vicky Martinez always comes up. Yay. Yes. (laughs) So we are thrilled to have you in here. And you are a Northwest native. You're actually a Tacoma native. Yes, I'm actually like grew up two blocks away from your native. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your manager, and I want to thank uh, Reed Riley for putting all this together. He's When I was explaining to him how for you to get here to our studio, yeah. he said, oh, she knows that area. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, well, let's go back to the beginning and tell us a little bit about growing up in Tacoma, where you grew up, where you went to school, and, and your experiences there. Well, yeah, I started um, musically. I started playing violin when I was five, which... Um, you know, growing up around here, uh, even just 15 years ago, it was nice. You you could go outside still and play, and yes. you could cross the street by yourself and go around the block and do whatever you wanted, but it seems like now that's a little different. But um, I definitely was into playing outside all the time, so having a 
practice my violin every day kind of sucked. <laughs> so when I was about 12, um, we had a, a friend of ours living with us that had a guitar that taught me a few chords. And um, he ended up moving out. And my dad picked up a free guitar at one of the jobs he did. And I just would go down in the basement and practice. And, um, and that was my, yeah, that was my little... Um, thing I was doing downstairs I didn't want anybody to know I was doing it because my parents were big into if you're you know they, they were only supportive of things that you were good at like I also I also <laughs> wanted to be a basketball player and they were just like no don't even you know I actually was good I was a point guard I was gonna say was, you had to have been a point guard yeah I was too short I was too short my mom was like you yeah, know maybe good. in middle school you know yeah, not a big works. deal but then high school and then college she's like you're, it's it's not going to go anywhere. Mm. So, so uh, now you, your mom and dad with you. You have siblings? You have brothers, sisters? Yes, six kids. Six kids. Yes. Wow. <laughs> what did your dad do? My dad was a plumber. So he's yeah. a plumber here in Tacoma, yes. supporting six kids and a wife. And yep. Wow, that must have been uh, must have been fun times, interesting in the yes. household. Yeah. Yes. And where are you in that? Uh, I'm number five. Number so five. I just have a younger sister, and yeah. the rest of them are all older. Anybody else in music? Anybody else doing anything? Um, Sister, I had a sister that the reason I started playing violin was because she was going to go take the lessons, but the lady told her that she had to cut her nails, and she decided that that wasn't for her. And my parents, you know, six kids, they didn't have much money, so they had paid for a month's worth of lessons, and they needed to fill them, so they had me do it, and that, that was definitely what got me going in music. So as you're running around Tacoma, what school are you going to? Oh, I went to... Um, uh, Rogers Elementary. Mm -hmm. It's kind of by the Tacoma Dome. And then I went to McElvey Middle School, which is over here on Portland Avenue. Yep. And then we moved over kind of university area, um, kind of next to TCC. Okay. And I took the bus to Stadium. Stadium High School. Then, then started driving and I took my <laughs> little self over there. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Now you have... Uh, quite a road that you have chosen to take and I want to say I'm impressed with it because it seems like you've done it on your terms and yeah. we're all about that here. We, we think that's uh, that's the way to go. We get tired of the Hollywood machine, the yeah. Nashville machine, yeah. you know, the just plug in and let it go. But you kind of dipped your toe into some of that. Yeah. Tell us about the, uh, what, which was first, Star Search or the American Idol? American Idol. So tell us about that. That was the very first season, right? Yeah, that was, I wasn't even 18 yet. Um, I, it was the first season, and my sister was working downtown Seattle, so they were getting a lot of stuff, you know, at, at her job about it. And so I, I didn't even know anything about it. And she's like, come stay the night at my house, wake up in the morning. We had to be there at about 8 in the morning. And, you know, they kind of spruced me up. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, tried to make me look a little bit like a rock star. I went I went down there, sang, sang some songs. And, um, and where was this whole, at? Where this was in, uh, I don't remember. There was two places, a place downtown Seattle, a bunch mm -hmm. of people there. Then they kind of um, nailed it down to maybe about 50 people. Mm -hmm. And we went somewhere in Capitol Hill. And that's when you got to meet like Randy, Paul Abdul. Oh, the second time. Simon, yeah. And um, and this was, there was three, like three rounds. Mm -hmm. And then, so after the last round, they tell us if you're going to go to Hollywood or not. And I got to go. But then right before um, you get your plane ticket, they send you the contract and the contract was just and I luckily ran into a lawyer maybe a few weeks prior that I had him look at that and my dad didn't know any legal stuff either but just sure. reading it he was like wow you're not gonna you're, you're basically over, selling they? your soul now yeah. so do you want to do that and and I just 
said no. And then the Star Search thing was two years later, and they actually contacted Reed because Reed was managing Jazz Bones okay. and getting the music there, and they were looking for musicians, so they called Jazz Bones, and he was just kind of like, I know what you went through with American Idol. Do you want to do this? <laughs> it's like, well, they're actually setting up an interview for me. Well, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. An audition. Let's go do it. Went in, got to the front of the line. So was then, that here also? That was in Seattle. Okay, in Seattle. And um, front of the line, and right there, they told us, yeah, you're, you're accepted. Me and another guy from Seattle. And that contract was easy it was it was a year long of if anything came out of it they got a percentage you mm -hmm. know and that was it so because you got to hang the label on there right yeah yeah this is the yeah. uh star search winner or whatever yeah. finalist yeah. so forth yeah and who was on that panel Jeez. what was that process there, like? there was a uh was it ben stein uh yes, ben stein and winona and then um Amat zappa yeah but there was a there was a few guest judges because i did two rounds so there was one lady. Um, oh, I'm, wasn't uh, Kathy Najimi? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh wow. <laughs> From King of the Hill. Yeah. She's, actually, she's actually a best um, friend of Melissa Etheridge. Oh. So back then she was. She must just, have been digging your style then. Yes. And she told me, she came and she met me afterwards. And um, I actually lost when I was on her round, I think. <laughs> she didn't help you out. Yeah. Well, she did. She, she rooted she for rude, me, but yeah. there was yeah. a girl ahead of me that was great. All right. Well, that's great. Well, now you have a brand new CD out. Let's get to some of the music. Okay. This is called I Love You in the Morning. That's the name of the brand new CD. Yeah. And the first track on this that we're going to play a clip of is It Is Rain. This is Vicky Martinez on the Northwest Convergence. Is it rain coming through my window? song is it is rain our guest of course is vicky martinez that's off the brand new uh, cd i love you in the morning now vicky i'm looking at uh some notable artists that you've opened for or shared the stage with that's it's quite a list you mind if i go through some of these no not at all okay presidents of the united states of america yeah sting annie lennox johnny lang room full of blues christopher cross Alvin Young, Bloodheart. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, those are some big names. Now, did you get to meet any of these folks? Yes, um, not Sting and Annie Lennox. So, of all the people that you've opened for and that you've met, has everybody been cool, or has anybody, you know, big time gear? Where it was There's like, some you know, because sometimes they say, "Don't meet your idols." Yeah, yeah, you don't get to sometimes. But the the best was BB King. Um, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, tell was, us about BB King. He was a sweetheart. He he kind of we we were just gonna 
say a quick hello. You know, he's older. He, I, we didn't want to keep him, but he brought us all in there and just chatted with us for a good half hour and asked us questions. You know, it wasn't us just like, will you sign this? You know, mm-hmm. it, he was asking us the band and, you know, what we do, you know, what, what we like, who our inspirations are and telling me to do my thing my way. Yes. I mean, he didn't know anything about me, but he just kept saying, do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. It was just sage, random that he sage was advice, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that, and that's one thing that we, we really respect. Uh, now, you have a an award-winning song that's out right um, from a movie. Is that correct? Yeah. Tell us about this song and how this collabor- collaboration came up. The song is called Breakaway. Yeah. And what's the name of the film again? It's called Hannah Free. Hannah Free. Okay. Yeah. And how, how did that collaboration come about? How did it get nominated? When- it, it's actually really bizarre. I... Maybe a year and a half ago, I had a friend that got her song in on the TV show Bones, and nice. and I was just like, I want to do the same thing. And she's <laughs> she was we're we're big on the word manifestation and just putting it out there to the universe that we want to do something, you know. And a lot of people call it the hippy dippy hokey pokey stuff, but <laughs> it worked, you know. I did it. I was like, okay, I'm going to say it every day. And I a friend of mine from San Francisco got a hold of me. And told me she was interested in me working with a singer in um, San Francisco. And she had a few film ideas that if we were able to write something, she could get um, some stuff into some films. And the first day we met, we wrote that song together. And I actually had her sing it. I'm singing backups on it. Mm-hmm. But I recorded it and did all the, the the music and everything. And her voice is epic, cinematic. It's just like. It's what you want to hear in a movie. So yeah, and like, okay, that's this a, is yours. That's available on your MySpace yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, now. I want to remind everybody that there is a website that you can go to to get caught up on Vicky Martinez. It's basically www.vickymartinez.com, and we'll have a link to it off of our website. And then also check out our MySpace because there's lots of tunes on there that aren't on your regular website. But yeah. this basically has a lot of your biography and and some of your thoughts and pictures and some videos. It's very very cool. Yeah. Very nice website. Well, let's go into another song right now off the brand new CD. The, the name of the CD is I Love You in the Morning, and this is Sunrise, Vicky Martinez.
And that is the sunrise off the brand new CD, I Love You in the Morning. Our guest, of course, is Vicky Martinez. Vicky, that is some great stuff. Now, are you self-taught on the guitar? Did you take, you did take some lessons? And... Yeah, I, um, well, it was the violin. So, so you took the violin and did you just transferred the, the music knowledge over to guitar? Kind of, yeah. Did you bring the bow? <laughs> Do <laughs> yeah. some Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Page? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, the violin, there's definitely a lot of theory. I mean, just learning melody and kind of learning what is in tune, what sounds good. You know, you obviously get your own taste of what you like. I had a few people show me chords, but that's kind of all it was. Great. Well, uh, amazing guitar work. That is amazing stuff. I got to go back to a competition question. Uh, okay. At your site, it says something that you were in a, a it was called the Believe competition. Yeah, the oh. and that was, was Theater. That, and that was uh, school related against other people in schools? Yeah, it was, a, it was a middle school, I think. No, high school vocal competition. Okay. And um, yeah, that was, I think I was 15. Something right. like that. Well, what I wanted to ask you about that is it said part of the prize uh, was that you got a chance to sing in a Mariners or a Seahawks game. Oh, yeah. Did you get to do that? I didn't end up getting to do that. Oh, because I was going to ask you how you interpreted it. Went like, uh, then, but you got the thousand bucks. Yeah, I got right. the thousand bucks. I, I got to fix money. my car, so that was <laughs> yeah, good. That's good. That's good. That was good. Uh, I was just wondering if you maybe did the Hendrix version or something, you know, uh, <laughs> of the Star Spangled Banner. That would have been nice. That would have been good, yeah. Not the Rosie O'Donnell one. <laughs> so do you find it, uh, have you found it difficult or easy? or How are you finding it getting your music out on the airwaves? Uh, uh, it's hard. I, you know what? I guess if I just sent it in, it'd be different. I and I haven't done that. You know, I don't have. I get. I, I feel like they get so much stuff that if I just send it in, they're just gonna, you know, and 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 may, and that's my fault. You know. It, Are maybe. you cool with that? Are you you wish no, it was I out feel, there more? I feel like I should be doing that. Yeah. You know. That's I know. I know people that don't even. I perform a lot live, and yes. I know people that have just like made one cd like my friend who had the song in bones like she did one cd and she sent it out to a few just northwest radio stations and she had stuff like on kxp up north uh bellingham vancouver stations you mm -hmm. know and it's like why don't i do the same thing you know so, <laughs> so as far as obstacles would you say that's the biggest one just getting your stuff heard yeah and i guess if someone just gave I, I, maybe I'm just lazy about it. I'll admit it. You know, I haven't gone online to get the addresses and send out the packages. And got to get know. read on that. I got to get read on yeah. that. <laughs> that's well, read job. Well, yeah. that's a great thing about the internet, though, because radio is so controlled now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's so many blockages to get by. You know, to go that route. So, yeah. I guess I, I think you need to find the balance. You know, as a musician, you know, obviously, you want to play live, and but you know, to get into some venues if you have radio or anything like you said on the airwaves it's a lot easier and i think i put way more concentration on just getting gigs you know getting getting stuff for my band and i to you know be able to pay the bills and right you know and and that's i think where i put more concentration on and i'd like to now well we can see from out. your schedule you're a road warrior yeah that's for played. sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk about that in a moment I, I uh let me ask you how now do you have five or six cds how many cds do you have out currently with, um, this, with this new one right now that i'm currently selling i'm only selling three of them mm -hmm. i have a fourth one that you can get online only okay. i'm not I'm not duplicating it anymore. And then I I think 
Before that, I've done two more. Yeah, how old were you when you did your first? Because you started all of this at 14. Yeah, so I was 14, 15 when uh, me and my guitar player back then, Chaz Bissett, Mm-hmm. Did our first album. Wow. And you also have a DVD. Yeah. Now tell us where we can get these. These, you can get them all online. Um, you can go to my website and mm-hmm. it'll give you the link. It's CD Baby. Yes. Um, iTunes. iTunes, yeah, for for the any, music. Any in the local stores? I don't have anything. Nothing like a Rocket Records? or Okay. Well, we got to work on that. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of, the brand new CD is called I Love You in the Morning. And let's listen to The Waking. Our guest, Vicky Martinez. The name of that song is The Waking. The name of the CD is I Love You in the Morning. And our guest is Vicky Martinez, the one and only. <laughs> the little dynamo with lots of sound and soul. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm loving that stuff. That is great. Let's talk about your schedule real quick. Uh, it looks like you are really busy hitting March. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing like a major East Coast swing. Yeah. And what I find interesting, though, is you take a break right in the middle of March. You swing back here. Come back. <laughs> and then you head back out there. And then in April, same thing. You're out there, then you come back. Now, how, is that hard coming back and forth like that, or um, you coming back I, for a I'm, reason? I'm kind of known for actually booking awful flights, so I get <laughs> I get the red eye with two connecting <laughs> flights, and just to save an extra twenty bucks, um, so it, it can take a little bit of a toll. That's but brutal. I guess just um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to use my my youth right now. Yes. Just get it done now and, and get used to it. I think when, when when you're used to when you make yourself used to something, then when it's easy, then you're happy about it. <laughs> something to look forward to. Vicky, I have to ask you. Uh, I think on your site it said uh, something that you have 
too many influences to too numerous to name. Oh yeah. So I won't ask the boring influences question. <laughs> but what I want to know is, do you have any guilty pleasures of people that you're into that if you told somebody that you were into them, they go really? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think do tell. Well, um, I don't. I used to be opposite. I used to be. I, I don't listen to radio. You know whatever and now on my you know when I'm driving around town and I'm trying to get you know hyped for the night I listen to Cube 93 and I listen to the songs that all sound the same one after the other <laughs> and the auto tune and and yes I know some of them and and the other one 92.5 the the other um R&B station and it's just these silly songs of just all these party songs, get ready to party, or because right. so the alcohol. <laughs> and I know, I know. Get up, get up. Yeah. So, so do, you have the, do you have the big kickers in the trunk that are rattling the windows? You know what? I, I'm actually when I, I went when I went car shopping like four years ago. That was my big deal. Like I didn't want to, I, I wasn't going to go all out, but I wanted my car stereo system that you know the manufactured one, whatever. Um, I wanted it to sound good, and my Subaru actually is. Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. 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 All right. That's, That's good. Got you some good bumps. Got to have the road well, before we uh, before we get into that, we have to do the Big Ten. Before we get into that, I have to ask this. Uh, I'm just curious uh, when you were growing when you were growing up and you're you're starting a musical uh, career and you know like you said that too many influences to, to mention, but. Who were you listening to then as compared to, you know, like you just said, you're listening to some of this uh, bumping music and yeah, to I get yourself up. But who, who were you back then when you're going to high school and, yeah. you, you know, you, you probably didn't, you kind of had thoughts about, yeah, I'd kind of like to do this. But, you know, there were people who you looked at and you yeah. listened to. Who were you listening to then? Dave Matthews mm -hmm. and Sarah McLaughlin. And the reason was is because I really admired um, their career. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved, I loved all kinds of music, but... I, I was fans of theirs because of, like, Dave Matthews would have wrote, like you were saying, Road Warrior. I mean, that's where he makes his killing, mm -hmm. touring. Um, and when you go to his shows, everyone there just has a great vibe, you know, and, and they're happy about their life, even if it's just these three days that they're going to go to the Gorge, and that's what they've been looking forward to all year. You know, I, I, I love it. I love what he does. I love his band is amazing. You know, and and some people will say otherwise that they don't like his ten minute jams, mm -hmm. but I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it so much. And um, and Sarah McLaughlin because, you know, back then her starting Lilith Fair. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what actually got me into her. You know, I loved her music too, but what she was doing for women's music was just phenomenal, and it was so inspiring. And it, it's like I've just wanted to. You know, with both of them combined, just, you know, make my own thing going on. You know, I, I, I want to be a respected musician and I want to be the same time someone you can go to the show and know you're going to have a good time because my my that's my chance to make you feel happy. And what you feel you're going to give back to me. So it's a. And, for, and from all, by all accounts, from everybody I've talked to and I have seen a couple of your shows. 
I can really tell that influence because that is how it comes across. Yeah. It's very, it's uh, like a love fest, really. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you just put yourself out there and uh, it's a very groovy, cool, kind of funky love vibe. Yeah. And there's some folk, there's some blues, there's some, uh, you know, uh, just all kind of influences that come through. And it, it, it's really reminiscent of, you know, like uh, a Janis Joplin or the Grateful Dead type. Awesome. Uh, just really, we're all just here and just, you know, everybody chill. Yeah. And, and let's yeah. Just Big party. Get through yeah. the music and enjoy. Yeah. yeah. So, and, well, you know, Dave Matthews is almost a local guy now. So maybe Vicky can put in a good word for us I, and get Dave. I, I'm still trying. <laughs> I've been trying. All right. Well, uh, I know you are a busy, very busy gal. And so uh, we don't want to take too much of your time here. And But we really appreciate you coming in. It's I'm been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And, and I hope we can catch back up to you, you know, when you things slow down again. And, and we'll have you back in but we, we got to do the big 10 this is uh, so we have to ask vicky the big 10 okay yes <laughs> all right so vicky martin is big time uh, tacoma star who's uh taking the world by love storm this is the uh this is the big 10 all right uh vicky your favorite food spaghetti nice <laughs> okay what uh, was the first car you bought um, Honda Civic. Yes. Very nice. That's the I one you a, fixed up with a thousand dollars. That's what I had a ninety-one. Great yeah. cars. Yes. Great cars. <laughs> Your favorite team? Um, sports team? You have a, any kind of sports? Any sports? Yeah. Um, Charlotte Hornets because of Muggsy Bogues. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, and if you go old school like us, it would have been Slick go. Watts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what would What would be your first paying job? Oh. um... I actually worked at Tacoma Boys for three days, and I sliced oranges, <laughs> and um, and then Star Search came three days later, and, and I told them, oh, I gotta go. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to right. sliced oranges. <laughs> that was a good choice. Tacoma Boys, though, a local the, a local institution. Yeah, it was one of those crossroads <laughs> moments. You never look back. All right, uh, and this is a interesting question that we always like to ask people. What's your favorite tool to work with? Um, tool to work with. Well, I love the. Uh, the screw guns. Oh yeah, uh, the cordless yeah. drills. The cordless you're kinda, drills. You're kind of, it's kind of like a gun, and like, <laughs> and everything goes in real quick. <laughs> good. What would be the first CD you ever bought? Um, Sarah McLaughlin with yeah, Sarah McLaughlin's surfacing. Okay, surfacing. very good, nice choice. All right, I know you're really busy. Maybe you don't have time for this, but if you if you get guilty pleasure, sit down and watch some TV. What's a can't miss TV show for you right now? Um, right now, Seinfeld at ten o'clock. Oh, the Seinfeld reruns. <laughs> yeah, We're going for Seinfeld the Seinfeld. Reruns. Very good. Okay. I plan my I plan my evening around that. All right. <laughs> Gotta get home for Seinfeld. There you go. That's why you get DVR. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last movie you saw? Um, Precious. Oh, very good. I did not see that. Did you like that? Yeah. I heard. I, I heard good things. I also heard it was very depressing. Yeah, and I, I, I was actually ready for it to be really depressing, but it actually was. Came out okay. It was a good one. Yeah. All right, I'll check that out. Uh, outside of one of your own, what's the last concert you attended? Um, let's see, Travis Barker and the Black Sails. At the Swiss. Okay, oh, very okay. good. Yeah, nice. Uh, if you have uh, somebody's buying around for you, what's your favorite drink? Tequila. There you go. Yes. Uh, uh, no Cuervo. Well, no Cuervo. Uh, Patron? Get the, get the Patron. Yeah. No, I, li I like um, Cazadores. Oh, Any oh, kind of Reposado. Yes. Yeah, very yeah. good. All right. Yeah. Well, in the last of the Big Ten, what is your favorite place in the Northwest? 
My favorite place. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a hard one. There's so many great places. I guess a place where I've actually sat down and and really done some good meditation is Point Defiance. Very nice. I uh, can't the go cliffs. wrong there. Yep. Yeah, very yeah. good. Okay, well, our guest today has been Vicki Martinez. Vicki, thank you so much for coming in. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. And Vicky. don't forget her brand new CD, As I Love You in the Morning, CD Baby. You can also get it on iTunes or go to her website, VickiMartinez.com. And any last words, anything else? Uh, you're playing this Wednesday? Yes, at the Swiss. At the Swiss. So mm -hmm. check out her calendar. Make sure you catch her when she's local. I highly recommend that show. And, uh, again, I hope we catch up sometime down the road. Vicki, oh, thank yes. you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And so we want to thank Vicki so much uh, for coming in. It was really nice to have her. She's <laughs> super talented. I can't yeah. wait. I've seen her a couple of times, but I can't wait to go see her again. I think we're going to go try to catch that show at the uh, the tractor. The tractor, when yeah. She's, when, when she's, she's back. back in April. So. Yeah, you should see her because uh, she's going places. Yeah. Another, another uh, Tacoma entertainer, singer, songwriter, going places. And thanks to Reed Riley. Thank you, Reed, for setting that up. All right, well, I think it's time for some birthdays. Now, with Birthdays of the Living, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's own Prince of the Pinata, Big D. All right, and this week in birthdays, born on the 22nd, 1950, he is the doctor. Dr. J. The original be, doctor. Going to be 59. Man, I'll never forget, I had a poster Dr. J from when he was in the ABA. Oh, uh, the guy was amazing. Also born this week on the 24th, also in 1950, and he's going to be 59, so two days apart. George Thorogood, Mr. Bad to the Bone. Yes. I, I have seen him a couple of times. What a great show that yeah. guy puts on. Do you think that guy's got an obsession with songs about drinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slightly. Uh, it's a good time, though. All right. And then on the 27th this week, born in the year 1940, Howard Hessman, also known as Dr. John F. Fever. Yeah. You know that uh, he was born in Oregon and also went to the U of O. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kind of northwestern, uh, northwestern convergence only there. We should get Johnny Fever in here. <laughs> anyway, he's going to be 69. And now if you see either of those guys, any of those guys walking around town, pat him on the back and say happy birthday. Now, with birthdays from beyond, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's answer to Art Bell, Big Joe. <laughs> okay, well... This is Big Joe, coming from beyond. No, actually, I'm in the man cave. Uh, this week's birthdays from beyond. We have to start with the father of our country. Double D, got any ideas on who the father of our country is? Uh, Washington. <laughs> and it's named after our state. He's named after... The state's named after him. Excuse me. He's not named after him. I, I did know that. I seriously one. doubt he was named after <laughs> right. our state. Well, that's I like to think of it that way. He's his pictures on the flag, though. That's right. The so green glory. February 22nd, 1732. George Washington, He, if he didn't have those wood teeth, he would have been 277 years old. 
And uh, so say uh, happy birthday to George if you uh, happen to see him. <laughs> I, I see him every day on the flag. <laughs> That's right. Salute the flag. <laughs> on uh, February 25th, 1943, we have another George, another George that's near and dear to my heart, besides George Washington. Uh, George Harrison yes. of the Beatles would have been 66 years old. Went too early. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and on February 26, 1932, another guy that it would be nice to still have him around because he was incredible, an American original, American icon, as far as I'm concerned, the great Johnny Cash. Oh, man. The man in black. I miss him so yeah. much. 77 years old. Uh, and, yeah, like you, like you said, we do miss Johnny Cash. I was fortunate enough to see him in concert several times. I saw him once at the Puyallup Fair, and the guy never disappointed. He was. It was an amazing show. The entire stage was full of his family and friends, and they really put on a great show every single time. I really miss the man in black all right well so birthdays from beyond thank you uh joe we appreciate that all right our next guest is absolutely on fire right now her name is alicia wood and she has just won the america's next funniest stand-up comedian one of the judges in that was bud friedman and that might ring a bell with some people because he was the first one to open a comedy improv basically introduced to the united states improv comedy by opening an improv in New York City. And uh, she has also been in on Last Comic Standing. She started right here in the Northwest. She she has a whole group of followers called the Woodstockers, which I love. And so let's play a clip of Alicia before we go into the interview with her. This is Alicia doing her stuff. I'm a huge fan of Jiffy Lube. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Jiffy Lube, but I love Jiffy Lube. I do, because it's probably like 40 bucks or so to get your oil changed there, right? And then they find stuff that you didn't eat bring the car there for. Yeah. I know, I love that. I was there a few weeks ago when this dude Joel found a lump in my breast. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's not even an anger problem. Uh, not anything that you guys have to worry about because I've taken anger management classes about five times court ordered, so I do have it under control. But, um, but it was a stretch to get there, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so bad. And they tell you the dumbest things in these classes if you haven't taken them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll go, well, here, there's so many methods that you can use for diffusing your anger. <laughs> yeah, like, well, if you're mad, just count to ten. Does that work for anybody in this room? Exactly. I know. I always get to ten and go, oh, good, looks like, oh, look at that. Ten seconds late for kicking someone's ass. All right. <laughs> It's really easy. I don't know what your problem is. You just punch the pillow and then the clouds part, the sun comes through, there's the rainbow. It's never worked like that for me. But I did try it. And I'll be honest with you, very therapeutic, the punching a pillow. Especially if your boyfriend's head is on the pillow at the time. All right, Alicia Wood doing her stand-up stuff. Let's go right into our conversation with Alicia. Very funny gal, and we can't wait to have her in the man cave. And on the program today with us is very funny comedian Alicia Wood. Alicia, welcome to the Northwest Convergence Zone. Hey, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you on the program. Big things happening for you, girl. Uh, but before we get into that, Let's. You're a Northwest native, a lot, and a lot of people don't know that. But you got a lot of your start right here. Let's go back to the beginning. Now, uh, I think you were born in Louisiana. Is that correct? 
I was. I was born in Louisiana, so technically I'm a Louisiana native, but um, I don't I don't really relate to that anymore. I moved to the Northwest when I was 12, so I went to middle school, high school, and a, a failed a lot of colleges <laughs> in the Northwest and started out there, and then I started moving around for my career. So, I mean, it's still, and my family's still there, so to me, the Northwest is home, you know, and when I go back to Louisiana, they tell me, like, I'll do shows in my hometown, and they'll go, uh, are you sure that you're from here? Because you don't sound like you're from here. Like, you sound like a Yank. <laughs> I know. It's funny. A lot of people don't think that we have accents in the Northwest until you go somewhere, go somewhere else. Alicia, yeah, I think it's just that we enunciate. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the Northwest accent is that we pronounce everything. That could be true. Alicia, what was your hometown in Louisiana? In Louisiana, I was born in New Orleans and raised in Baton Rouge until I moved to Seattle, in which case I was in Bellevue, which is something I used to not really cop to too often. <laughs> because, you know, if you're from the Northwest, you know exactly what Bellevue is. Of course. You know, right. it has the stigma of being the rich kids. And, the snotty you know, I grew district. up the, the poorest kid in the richest city, you know, so it was like when, when I would say Bellevue, people would go, oh, no, 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 don't you judge me. I am not one of those people, you know. But uh, And then, of course, as I left the area and people would say, oh, what part of Seattle are you from? I would say Bellevue. And they've never heard of Bellevue. So I, I had to explain, like, no, I'm not from Bellevue, the mental institution. I'm from Bellevue, the city. <laughs> you know, the mental institution I'm from was called Fairfax. They're very different. Uh, yeah, we're, we're very familiar. I, I used to work at the Bellevue Mall. Well, I lived in Louisiana for three years in New Orleans uh, in the 60s, so I guess if you got out of there when you uh, were 12 years old, were you in public schools? Um, you know what? I was in private school. Oh, which was, uh, that's a good move. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Well, back then, my parents had money. After a while, they, they quit having money, but at the, when I was a <laughs> little kid, they had money, and so, you know, they put me in a private school because my dad did abortions, and of course, living in the Bible Belt, you that's... know, that's sort of a uh, a risky business to be in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, were they sending you to school with, like, uh, armored car and armed guards? You would hope so, but no. What they did was they put me in a fundamentalist, Christian, segregated white school. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, and it, I've had so many debates with my parents about this, and they were like, we just thought that that was the best place for you. And it was like, well, I was tortured, you know? Like, that's definitely where I think being a comic started for me, was I was certainly an outsider having a dad that was a murderer, you know? <laughs> so, and in the Northwest, I don't think that that would have been such a big deal. Deal, but you know, in in the South, it was certainly a fish out of water situation. So, no um, yeah, and so and what had happened was that all started. I went to kindergarten, I think, in 1982. And that was the year that they started enforcing, um, what do you call I, I want to say desegregation, but when they started mixing all the races together in the public system. Yes, right, right. Yeah, integration. Bu integration, yeah. busing. Yeah, which I thought happened like in the 60s or some shit, but no, it happened <laughs> It happened in 1982 in Baton Rouge. So, uh, They're so a little yeah, behind there. Yeah, because I went to elementary. I actually grew up in Houston, and I went to elementary there. And we actually had the uh, segregate, uh, the integration and stuff in the '70s. And Louisiana has always been a few years behind. <laughs> Yo, a few decades behind. I mean, they're doing 
they're doing really good now, but you yes. know, it was just, it was interesting because you know, 1982 was the year that that happened. So that was the year that a ton of private schools started opening in Baton Rouge, oh, and yeah. so they put me in one of those, but not because it was you know white flight, but because it was a safety issue. You know, well, so, it, was, it was good that you were in uh, uh, the private schools because I went down there a year ahead from uh, Seattle and came back a year behind in the public schools. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And even still, like when I went from, I was in a magnet school that was a public magnet school in middle school. And that was the year that we moved to the Northwest. And my mom was just like so thrilled because she was like, Louisiana at that time was second to last in the education system. Second to last. They were 49th or 48th. And uh, Washington was literally second best. It's always the battle between Arkansas and Louisiana. Right. Yeah. The, the toughest thing was that I literally, when I moved from uh, from Seattle, from Louisiana to Seattle, that making that leap up the chain of you know the quality of education, I was so confused from day one in school, and I went from being in like the the magnet gifted program to being in the regular public schools, and I was completely lost. I was like, I don't even know what we're talking about. We were pretty much coloring in sixth grade in Louisiana, <laughs> you know, like. And now we're doing geometry? I don't, you know? I don't, I'm confused. Culture shock. <laughs> now tell us about uh, cutting your teeth in comedy. You say uh, you must have started pretty young. You felt like an outsider. So I assume you used some humor to, to kind of gain some friends and, and maybe some attention. How, how did you get into, like, doing comedy in the clubs? Well, what I did was I... Um, well, I had been writing jokes for six months trying to get ready for doing my first set, and I'd never been to a comedy club. I thought you had to be 21 to get in, so I waited until I was 21. And uh, and then I went and I found out, of course, there were all these other people that were like 15 and 18 that had been doing it for a year, and I was just pissed, you know? Like, <laughs> I can't believe I waited to do this, you know? And, um, and so I just went down to an open mic, and I just signed up, and I went up, and I think there were maybe five people in the room. I think I went up second to last it was like you know midnight by the time I went up and uh, and I got like a few laughs but I think they were sort of out of pity more than out of sincere you know whatever and I realized that everything that I'd written for six months was crap that none of it was gonna work and um, but but you know I, I, I the moment I got on stage was just like this is it like I've been sort of looking for where I fit in the world and this is definitely it you know I have no more questions so from that point forward I threw away all the plans that I'd been building like going to college and becoming a 911 dispatch operator all that went right down the toilet the moment I got on stage you you know, even though it was horrible, it was a horrible experience. It did not go well, but it, the one laugh that I really got was like, "Okay, I can do this." Now, do you remember which comedy club that was? Yeah, I technically started out at Giggles, but shortly after that, um, I went to the Underground and I got into all of the other clubs in the area instead of Giggles because there was sort of a turf war between Giggles and the Underground. Yes. Um, the Underground didn't care, but Giggles would, you know, ban you if you went to the Underground. And stuff like that. So after a while, I realized that there was a lot more stage time everywhere else as opposed to just going to giggles, you know. And the underground really, really, really has an amazing group of comics there and an amazing staff that's all former comics. And so, um, you know, starting out there really 
uh, fast-tracked me into being a professional road comic. I was doing the road within a year of my first open mic. Wow. And you also did some time uh, here, well, not time, but you did some time on stage <laughs> here in Tacoma at the Underground. Is that correct? Yeah, I was uh, I was a house MC in Tacoma for a, for a long time. I was the only house MC, and so it was great because I got to do, you know, five shows a week, and then there was also a Wednesday night open mic, so that was six shows a week. And um, at that time, it was the Tacoma Comedy Underground, but it was above ground <laughs> on the second floor of Seven Cities, and um, it, it was it was amazing. I got to work with some of the best comics in the country and learn from them, and they were able to refer me to club work, so I was able to you know get even more good quality work instead of doing bars and restaurants, you know. Um, so so Tacoma shaped me without a doubt. It shapes a lot of us without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, um, I noticed that, uh, you know, you went on the road, you did a lot of things, and then eventually you wound up, you left and went to L.A. Was that, was that a career move, or were you, like, just tired, you had run the gamut up here and said, let's get out of Dodge, or how did, what did that, what prompted the move to L.A.? Well, it's actually, it was sort of a, a long process. What happened was I sort of hit the ceiling in the Northwest where, I mean, I wasn't headlining, but I was, I was middling for literally every person that I could work for. There was nobody that didn't hear me. You know, so I, I was working for everyone, and I just sort of maxed out what I could do. And um, one of the headliners pulled me aside and said, if you really want to be a good comic, you're probably ready to leave. Yes. And so I, I, you know, they said you don't have kids, you don't have any reason to stay here, you should go before you get so comfortable that you'll never leave. You know, and so I was like, all right, so I moved to New York um, in theory, but I ended up in Jersey. So I didn't quite make it to New York. <laughs> and uh, I ended up still able to work with some of the top comics from New York since it's next door. But um, it was really a really tough time for me because, you know, in the Northwest, they had said, you know, you, you don't know that you're a girl right now because you're in the, the politically correct incubator right now but when you leave people are going to be really prejudiced against you so you need to be ready and you need to work twice as hard and you need to be twice as funny so i thought they were full of shit i mean i still i still <laughs> work really hard but i was like what sexism what whatever you know <laughs> and uh i got to jersey and they wouldn't even let me get on stage wow. um even at open mic nights you know like it, it was very weird like they were like we don't need any more unfunny chicks we have unfunny chicks you know, and I was like, you haven't even given me a chance, you yeah. know, look at my resume. And they're like, we don't care. So, uh, so I ended up staying there for some reason. Eventually I broke into the scene, um, sort of did the same thing where it was like I was working for everybody. And so I went back out on the road full time and I based out of Kentucky. Uh, because it was the middle of the country, and I had a friend that let me stay on her couch for free. Yes. Um, yeah, and so, again, it was the same thing where I was able to work myself up to where I was working literally every week. Um, I was in demand, but at the end of the year, I was $10,000 in the hole. Oh, no. Yeah, so wow. I was like, okay, I've done all I can do on the road. You know, until I have the credits to headline, which you have to be on TV for, and you can't get on TV from Kentucky, <laughs> you know. So that's when I sort of was like, okay, it's time for me to go to L.A. and figure out how to get to the next level. And so that was about five years ago, I think, that I officially landed in L.A. 
Well, and it's been paying off for you ever since. Let me go through some of the highlights, uh, some of the things along the way that you've done to show people that you're funny and you can stand up with the best of them. You were named the hot comedian of 2009, and I believe, was it also 2008? Nope, it was in 2008 that they named me the hot, one of the hot comics for 2009. By Campus Activities Magazine, because you do a lot of stuff at, uh, at college campuses, is that right? I do, I do, which has been a, a raise or a promotion in a way because the, the money for colleges is about ten times more than the, the money for clubs. You know, yeah. so at least when I leave home, I'm I'm actually bringing home a paycheck instead of bringing home fifty dollars in debt. You know, <laughs> and going to college at the same time. <laughs> right, exactly. It's hard when your when your audience is more educated than you are. <laughs> you know, like, I've had them correct me before, like doing a history joke on Egypt, and they go, um, they raise their hand, um, Miss. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Say, listen, you punk, my dad's a doctor. <laughs> yeah, so we've well, actually stopped shows before so that we could figure out who was right. Have a debate. That's hilarious. Well, now you've also been on the Bob and Tom show. You uh, have been on National Lampoon's Comedy Radio, the uh, WB's Rascals Comedy uh, Half Hour, Night Shift with Kevin Ferguson. And Last Comic Standing. Tell us about that. Last Comic Standing. How was that for you? That was cool. I, uh, I'd, I'd always said that I would never do Last Comic Standing because they have these big cattle call lines where there's comics all over the country showing up the night before the audition and camping out in sometimes sub-temperatures, you know, um, freezing all night just to get a shot. And you only get like a 60-second um, or sometimes 90 seconds, but usually they'll cut you off after your first sentence. So you don't even get a punchline in. And then sometimes people that waited all night don't even get seen. So, you know, it's um, it was one of those things that I was like, I'm never going to do that unless they call me. And, uh, of course, the year that I said, I'm never going to do it unless they call me, you know, I was sitting at my day job, and I got a phone call, and, you know, my boss walks over and goes, um, last comic standing is on the phone? <laughs> You're like, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, and it was like I kind of had to put my money where my mouth was, and it was like, yeah. all right, well, if they're asking me to audition, then then I'll go do it. And so um, I flew to, I think that year I went to San Antonio, Texas, and I auditioned, and it went really well, um, and they brought me back for the night round, and I got edited out of the show. Oh. But if you pay attention to that year's episode of San Antonio, you'll notice every time they call a winner to come get their, their ticket or whatever the whatever the thing was they gave you to take to the semifinals, uh, my head is directly behind all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you got some, so you, you got some air time. Yeah, so you don't see, I mean, it's very, I'm all throughout the episode, but only in like, I mean, less than a split second shot, you know, <laughs> but every time, every time they call and they're like, uh, Andy Smith, come on down. When Andy moves, I'm right behind her. There you are. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's but good. All three of the winners they call, you'll notice you see me in every shot and I'm just smiling and clapping and yay for you because what they want to do is find a storyline where they call the person that's not you and then you look pissed. Right. And 
and um, I didn't want to have that shot, so I just kept grinning and smiling <laughs> for like 20 minutes. It didn't matter, you know, when they were like, there's only one ticket left. And I'm like, yay! Who gives a shit? All right! Woo! You know? Then you went home and hit the pillow, right? <laughs> well, yeah, then I just went home, and I was like, that was cool. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to make it to the night round and, you know, do the live audience in front of, you know, the celebrity judges and all of that stuff. Um, it was a neat experience. And then I went back the next year. They called me again, and I went back. And uh, that year I went to Minneapolis to audition. And it was below zero, and uh, I woke up sick the next morning. And so when I went into audition, like, I had a fever that I couldn't break. And, you know, normally I'll perform sick, and it's not a big deal, sort of. I think your adrenaline just kicks in and carries you through it. Right. But I just, I was so sick that, like, I start, I had a weird out-of-body experience. I did a joke I didn't plan on doing. You know, I was like, what? It, it was weird. It was like it was like trying to control a puppet behind the scenes, and the puppet goes crazy and starts doing it. You know, like, it sort of was like that. And, uh, you know, they threw me the lines that were like, all right, so, um, you know, we're not 100% sold, which was sort of my cue to go, oh, give me a chance. Let me do it. And I just, I, I felt so shitty that I just was like, all right, well, that's cool. Thanks, you guys. I'll see you next year. They were like, and, you know, you can tell they were shocked. Like, where are you going? <laughs> You're supposed to fight for this. And I was like, I'm just, I think I'm going to die. I'm going to go back to the hotel room and lay down, you know. So uh, there, was a, there was a celebrity judge that year that I went, and I literally went back to the hotel and went to bed and took a nap. I just, I really felt awful. Oh. And I went back that night to watch the show, and one of the celebrity judges pulled me aside and said, you know, whatever you do, whatever happens here, you know, no matter what, um, make sure you keep doing this because you're really talented and you're really going to go far. And so oh. I, I was really flattered by that because they didn't need to say that. Yeah, that was really nice. And do, do you care to say who that was or you keep that keep that under your uh, under I your don't vest? know if I remember their name, you know what I mean? But right. they were one of the celebrity judges sure. from that episode. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they didn't even have to talk to me at all. So the fact that they went out of their way to pull me aside, go, hey, hey, you, come here. You right. know, let me say things that will make you feel better, I thought was really nice of them. Yeah, you know? that must have been a lot. Well, and then, of course, the, the big news, this is uh, something that just happened. You were in a competition competition in Vegas, America's next funniest stand-up comedian, and some of the judge, one of the judges, Bud Friedman, who started the first uh, improv in in New York, and you won. Yeah, it was an unbelievable honor. I, uh, of course, you know the I joke. It, the whole thing started with iJoke.com. Um, it was an online video submission process. Yes. And I think there were. I think they said it was hundreds of people submitted videos, and then they narrowed it down to twenty, and then they narrowed it down to five. And those five people, they did an online voting process, and. Um, also, Floyd J. Phillips, who's from Portland, Oregon, which may as well be Seattle as far as comics are concerned, <laughs> uh, was another one of the top five finalists. And after all of the voting was said and done, the next three people, or three acts, went on to Vegas. One of those was a, a comedy duo, so there were technically four of us. And, um, and we competed live at the Harrah's Improv, which was amazing. It was just unbelievable. And uh, at the end of it, they, they, uh, they named me the winner, which was really shocking for me because I've never won anything. And 
I like being at the loser's table afterwards going, oh, it should have been me, you know, and fuck <laughs> that guy. And, you know, I like that part. I like that experience. There's camaraderie there. Right. Um, the winner's table is very lame. You know what I mean? I didn't even know how to be happy for myself, and I felt so guilty. Like, I was buying rounds of drinks for everybody afterwards, and I couldn't even afford it. But, <laughs> you know, but I just felt so guilty that it was like I can't. I felt bad that I won, you know? So did they whisk you away in a limo? I know you ended up on the news almost like uh, immediately, and uh, you have a part of the winnings. I know is a week at Harrah's, doing a, a whole week's gig at the uh, at the stand up there in in Harrah's. Is that right? Yeah, I'll be in at the the Improv Harrah's uh, April sixth to the eleventh um, of April, and uh, it, it it was really sort of a whirlwind from from that moment forward. Which this whole thing started with just putting a video clip online and then forgetting about it. Wow. You know, and then suddenly I get this email that I need to do, you know, get everybody that I can to vote. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll do that. And then I moved on. And then it was like, you're going to Vegas. And it was like, uh, all right, I'll go to Vegas, you know. And I mean, like, and, and so then I won. And it, and it was like, oh, all right. And I told you I felt guilty and all that stuff. But, you know, we'd been in Vegas for a couple of days doing sh sound checks and um, things like that. So after the show... I, you know, I hadn't drank for two days, and I was in Vegas, so I was like, well, I'm going drinking, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, like, why wouldn't you? Of you know? course, and that's so, why you're there. Yeah, so, and nobody told me that I was going to have press the next day, so I was out till like, 5.30 in the morning. Like, I know that I got back into my hotel room at 5.30 in the morning, and uh, I drank quite a significant amount. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I went to bed, and my dad was there. So my dad comes to my room at 8 o'clock in the morning and wakes me up to talk to me about something that's only going to take 10 minutes, but ends up taking two hours. And as far as I knew, we were leaving for the, the airport at, like, I think it was, like, at noon or something. So, you know, so I, I just went out and made the most of that night because all I had to do was wake up, shower, and get on the plane. And right. so I go, to, I go back to go to sleep at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I reset my alarm for 1130. And at 10.02, the publicist calls, and she's like, hey, sorry for the short notice, but can you be in the lobby by 10.45? Um, we need to put you on the news. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've, at this point, I've had two hours of sleep, <laughs> arguably still drunk, you know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, and, and, and I could not have been more shocked. And so I had less than 45 minutes to shower, unpack, find something to wear, repack, do my hair and do my makeup and get in the lobby with my luggage well, by I 1045. I and by 11.15, I was at the radio station or at the news station on air, yeah. and I'd never done the news before. So if you watch that clip, you'll notice that I'm out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the clip. I thought you actually came off uh, okay. What I want to ask you about, though, was you posted a clip, uh, I think it was on Facebook, uh, you and I believe a friend in the limo. Is that the morning you're heading back? Is that when you're heading back to your hotel room? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's after the news, they, 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 the publicist took me back to the casino, and I literally got there just in time to get out of the car and meet the girls, because the girls are also based in Los Angeles, Carly and Donnie, um, really funny, young, musical comedy duo, 
And so the three of us literally met in the lobby of, of the casino and got into a limo and went to the airport. I mean, it was such a, a chaotic morning. You know, and they were laughing because I was like, you guys winning sucks. It sucks. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, I just want to go to sleep. I, you know, I, I was like, I just did the news. I don't even know if it went well. I don't even know what happened. You know, like, and so they were, they were recording me um, complaining, basically. <laughs> Alicia, I had to ask you, speaking of video, uh, I was on your site and I looked at your film credits and there was something on there that it said bioterrorism training. What's that all yeah. about? I was getting uh, like a flash of, hi, I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> I don't know how much I can uh, how much I can talk about it, but I did a um, I did a medical training for uh, basically I was an actor, but I was a medical actor. So like we would go through and you know one of the people we would go through TSA, and it was a test to see whether or not TSA picked up the people that had signs of uh, you know an, an airborne sickness. So this is this is some serious business. This is almost classified. Right, right. Like, I mean, I can only tell you so much, but then all of the stuff that we did after that was uh, stuff that was filmed for TSA training. So I was an actor in a TSA training video. Amazing. <laughs> all right. Well, we're uh, we're getting to the point where we have to shut this down, and that, that bothers me because uh, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. And I'm hoping when you get here, when you get back to Seattle, we can actually have you in the studio. I think that would be a blast. Oh, I can't wait. I really, really, really am looking forward to it. We haven't specified any of the dates for April yet, but I will be back, and, uh, you know, I'll be doing as many shows as I can and talking to as many people as I can and uh, trying to trying to make the most of finally getting back to the Northwest for a couple weeks. Oh, that'd be awesome. We'd love to have you in. And, uh, real quick, I know you're going to be a guest columnist. That It starts tomorrow on stupidaskedquestions.com. And so people yeah. submit your dumb questions or any question you have to stupidaskedquestions.com, and Alicia will be there to uh, answer them timely and, and give you good advice on whatever it is that you need to know about life. We already submitted ours. <laughs> they just well, happened right be, now. <laughs> they'll be revealing a new one every day. I don't know if it's Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday, but at least five or seven questions will get answered and put online. So there'll be a new one every day. Great. Okay. Well, before we let you go, we have to do the Big Ten. This is a must. And these are ten quick questions that uh, that we're going to ask you. you just one-word answers real quick. And Alicia Wood, big-time stand-up comedian who just won America's Next Funniest Stand-Up Comedian and is going to be doing a week at Harris in Vegas. And she is on fire right now. She's from the Northwest. Alicia, what's your favorite food? Um, Thai food, without a doubt. Oh, and do, how hot do you go on that? Really super spicy. Oh, see, I have to go medium, and even that's that's uh, that's tough. Uh, well, I'll go super spicy. What I do is I don't stir it because if you stir it, then you're just eating fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Uh, okay, what was the first car you bought? The first car that I bought was bought for me. Uh, and it was bullshit because my mother bought me the car for my birthday when I turned 17 and then three months later informed me that I needed to start making the payments. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. No, if you're, well, what yeah, what, what was, was it? an argument for yeah. at least a year because I just refused to make the payments and then she would get mad and it would be an argument and I would be like, you should, she'd go, well, you need to take responsibility for this. And I'm like, no, you can't give someone a gift of debt. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind well, of car was it? 
And I think it was a 1980 gold Dodge Colt. Oh, the Colt. Yeah, only the government can give the gift of debt. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, uh, what was your first paying job? My first paying job was in a movie theater. Oh, were you an usher or were you behind the counter? I did everything. I did concessions. I took tickets. Um, I don't think I ever did the box office, but I did everything else, you know, cleaning up popcorn after the movie, <laughs> uh, just the whole nine yards. It was. I loved that job, and then I got fired for being late, and uh, I just was crushed. I, I had never been so happy to make $4.25 in my entire life. I thought it was the best. Did you have to join the union? Didn't, don't they have a union for that? They may now, but they didn't back then. It was oh. just, you know, it was just a low-level job, All you know. Right. Uh, okay, what is your favorite uh, team, sports team? I have, well, it depends on what sport. I mean, for football, definitely the Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. And then, but I don't know anything about football. Um, <laughs> the, the comics uh, in Seattle, or the comics from Seattle that have moved to LA, we all get together on Sundays when the Seahawks are playing, uh-huh. and there's a bar that we go to where all the Seahawks fans go, and we sit there and we watch the Seahawks. And I'm the only one that has no idea what's going on. <laughs> well, so I'm the- very pro Seahawks, but I have no clue. Like they're they're trying to teach me how to understand football, and uh, I, I understand every single other. Sport, uh-huh. except for football. But, uh, you know, and I'll just sit there and I'll start clapping, and then everyone looks at me, and I'm like, oh, right, boo, boo. <laughs> you know, like, um, and then uh, I guess for baseball, I'm torn between the Phillies and the Mariners. You know, obviously being from Seattle, that would be my team, but um, I have a relative that's involved with the Phillies, so I'm also, for family reasons, obligated to root Phillies. Oh, very good. Nothing wrong with the Phillies. Okay, what is your favorite tool to work with? Um, okay, depending on what, how you define a tool. <laughs> That's up to you, you know darling. Those, uh, you know those plastic ties that you handcuff people with? Oh, yeah, yeah, zip ties. To, like, organize your cords and stuff. Right, right, the zip tie. Those are my favorite. I have a roll of those in my suitcase wherever I go. Because Perfect. you never know when you're going to need those things. You, that's for sure. And they have lots of uses. <laughs> yeah, they really do. I friggin' love those things. Well, what is the first album or CD that you ever bought? First album or CD? I don't know. It might be when I was a kid. It might have been, I I think I, Michael Jackson's Thriller was my first record. I think. Oh, not a bad choice That's right the, uh, there. Classic. All right, I don't know if you have time for this, but if you get to, a chance to sit down and watch TV, what's a can't-miss TV show for you right now? Oh, I never get to watch TV, but when I do, I watch, like, series back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um I just finished watching Sons of Anarchy, which I was looking at your guys' uh, your guys' promotional photo. Looks like you guys could easily fit into <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. You know, um, I'm also a huge fan of Dexter and Californication, and mm. I I will go online and watch The Daily Show. I think it is so funny. I love The Daily Show. All good, good choices right there. What's uh, okay? What was the last movie you saw? Um. It was horrible. I saw uh, The Lovely Bones. Oh, that was the Mark Wahlberg one? 
Yeah, with the girl that's yeah. like, hi, my name's whatever. And I, <laughs> I've been murdered. It's like, it's weird. They have like these out of place voiceovers. Uh. <laughs> and, and it's a really slow and long movie. And like, there's some cool visual stuff in there, but it, it really drags, you know? Uh. So like, and there's too much backstory. Like, you already know she's going to die. Right. You don't know how. You don't know all that stuff. But it takes 45 minutes for them to kill her. And so I thought the whole thing was supposed to be about post her dying, but I guess it was sort of half and half. Mm -hmm. And I, I just was so bored. I turned to the person that I was with and I was like, I know that this is wrong, but they can kill her anytime now. Like, <laughs> Get it over with. Yeah, like I don't love these characters and I am bored out of the mind, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, what would, what would be outside of one of your own? What's the last concert you attended? Well, I... You know, I don't remember. It's one or the other. It was either Brian Jonestown Massacre Band mm -hmm. or the Dandy Warhols. I know they oh. were close together, and I don't remember which one was last. Good shots right there. Okay, if someone's buying a round, what's your favorite drink? Oh, if they're buying a round, vodka soda. There you go. All right. Well, Alicia, the last of the Big Ten, what is your favorite place in the Northwest? Uh, I'm going to have to say the Comedy Underground in Pioneer Square. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, Alicia Wood, congratulations on the success that you're, that's coming your way right now. We think that's amazing, and it's, and it's awesome, all wrapped up in one. And we feel the same about you, and it's been great having you on the program. We're looking forward to you coming up to the Northwest. We're definitely going to check you out. And if we can get you into the man cave, that would be awesome. Yeah, outstanding. I can't wait. I'm excited. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. Best of luck, Alicia. We'll be in touch down the road. Thank right. you. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I want to remind everybody, submit your questions to stupidaskquestions.com. Alicia's going to be the guest columnist this, all this week. So who knows? You put it in, and Double D, I'm sure you've got plenty. So, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't get it. I know you don't. So we'll submit some questions, see if Alicia picks them out. You know, we'll sign false names or something. But it was great to have her on. G yeah, great. my only question is, when she went to Jiffy Lube, I've, I mean, I've been a mechanic for 20 years. I've never had a diagnosis like what she got. <laughs> I mean, I've never diagnosed anybody with And the, your name's Double D. They would probably want to <laughs> do that. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> All right. Well... It's been a long show, man, and we with great guests. We want to thank Vicky Martinez, and remember, her brand new CD is out, and you guys want to pick that up. It, it's also on CD Baby, and also on iTunes, and so forth. And, and we really appreciate her coming in. Alicia Wood took time out. She's a very busy gal. She's got all kind of stuff going on, and uh, it was great to have those those gals in. We, we we want to have them in again. So we got some stuff coming up. Let me just tell you real quick. We added something to our website. That's www.nwconvergencezone.com. It's, it's a calendar. It's a calendar of upcoming guests, and you can click on it and see who we have coming up. Now, these are tentative guests. Sometimes, you know, things go wrong or we have to reschedule or whatever. So Subject to change. Yeah, it's all subject to change. But we do, for sure, coming up, we have Chip Hanauer's coming up next week. That's going to be great. Dudley Taft's coming up on the 7th. we got Charlie Land, a local... Uh, talk show host and quite a character coming up on the 14th along with girl trouble great northwest band been around for a long time and lots of things coming up we're, we're look at the calendar and if you have any suggestions or comments or anything don't feel free to drop us a line let us know we'll do, do our best to get them on the show and uh if, if nothing else we'll talk about them <laughs> so anyway it's time for us to get on out of here now here's a doctor of rock himself big joe with this week in music history all right.
right. Well, you know, there was a time back in 1977 where if Stevie Nicks would have played her cards right, she could have been Mrs. Joe Kane. But uh, she chose to go with Lindsey Buckingham, and I'm still crushed about it. <laughs> but uh, today wasn't, wasn't everybody in love with Stevie <laughs> Nicks? Oh, man. I could only speak for myself. Oh, I was totally <laughs> in love with Stevie. Still am. Well, 1977 on today's date, February 21st, Fleetwood Mac with Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, yeah. Christine McVeigh, her husband John, and of course Mick Fleetwood. They released Rumors, one of the killer albums of all time. Absolutely. In music history, this album sold 19 million copies. Wow. In the U.S., 40 million copies worldwide. And number one on the charts for 31 weeks. Unbelievable. What a run. Yeah, that is yeah. something. I love Fleetwood Mac. Have you seen them? Yes, I have. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac, always a good time. You forget how many great songs they have. They just play it. So you go see them, and then they just start cranking them out, and you're just like, oh, that's their, awesome. Their man. set list is all good. All right, well, it's time for us to get on out of here. So let's go around the room and say goodbyes. All right, this is uh, Big Joe saying take care of yourself until next week. This is Double D saying goodbye. And this is Big D also for Squeeze and Wonder Boy. We thank everybody for listening this week. Come back next week. This has been the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. Let's leave with some Vicky Martinez and her new album, I Love You in the Morning. Mm-hmm.